This is a message from the Emergency Podcast Broadcast System. Please listen closely for a very important episode of the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Warning! The following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machines. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast starring me, Dags. This is a powerful and influential podcast. Today we have a powerful emergency episode, and I want to introduce a powerful young man, master of the food arts, Uncle Dude. Well, I had a feeling the bat light would go up during this time of crises. Scary times. How are you doing, Uncle Dude? We are fine. We we just had a ribeye and lobster dinner, so we are bunkering in style. So you have plenty of supplies in the bunker? Uh, I can't find yeast anywhere, which is kind of bugging me, but beyond that, we're, uh, we're pretty much stocked. Tell the kids a flock of Amish why you are the food master and why I brought you in here on uncertain times that we're all enjoying right now. Well, if anybody has been to my uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash Uncle Dude, uh, and seen pictures of me, they know I'm what your grandmother calls a good eater. Uh, I got that way because I started cooking in about seventh grade. So I'm uh, in my mid-50s now. That gives me about 40 years of experience in the kitchen. I figured out early on in college if I uh, didn't need to be drunk to dance and I could cook, I would always have a date on the weekend. Now, you're also a trivia master. Tell us about hosting trivia. I would love to be hosting trivia right now, but our governor has, of course, quarantined us. Uh, there's no bars or restaurants that are allowing people in them. But uh, what I do do is uh, the greatest part-time job ever is host pub quizzes in uh, local, uh, local bars uh, a few nights a week, pop culture trivia, uh, it's, uh, kind of like, uh, the only place where you can get the unbridled adulation of a room full of 20 somethings, uh, and drink for free and call it a job. It's fantastic. I've been doing it about 14 years. Powerful. So is it kind of like a general trivia or do you guys have themes or how does that work? Uh, each, the my game that I run is three rounds of general trivia and then one round of music. So we generally stick to TVs, movies, books, and songs uh, with a smattering of sports. Uh, You get too much sports trivia, you get the softball lummoxes in there arguing your answers, and that's no fun for anyone. Today's episode is a powerful episode. It's going to be food. It's going to be cooking in the quarantine with Uncle Dude. Right. Cooking in your bunker. Many of us are uh, stay-at-home throughout the uh, Amish baby universe. Uh, we're no different in our homestead, our, our home area. 
So uh, there's, I've got some tips for making it easier. If we're only allowed to go to the grocery store so often or the pharmacy so often, and thankfully, uh, liquor is considered an essential service in our state, so the liquor stores are still open. But uh, I've, I've got uh, sort of a, a helpful guide to uh, minimize your exposure to other people, help you load up your larder, uh, get your pantry squared away, your fridge and your freezer set, and uh, have tasty, delicious options throughout this quarantine. Now, this is going to be a powerfully pleasurable podcast episode today. So you mentioned booze. Booze, indeed. Yes. So I I want to know, in the flock of Amish, the fans, they want to know, what you're drinking, because right now I'm going to have everyone listening, and you, Uncle Dude, too, raise your glass, raise your cup, your jar, whatever you're drinking out of, your cupped hands, put them in the air, and let's salute. What are you drinking right now, Uncle Dude? Can you hear my ice tinkling? Yes, we, yeah, we hear you tinkling. That is a bullet bourbon or bullet rye bourbon on ice. It's a little mixed drink I call bourbon and ice. Now, is it true that real men don't use ice, or what's up? Uh, actually, you do want to have a little bit of ice because it opens up the esters in the uh, in the alcohol. It gives you a fuller flavor as the ice melts and imparts a little water. It helps with the uh, flavor nodes in your mouth, taking all of these sophisticated uh, elements in a in a bourbon or a scotch. That was a powerful word salad. Thank you. Now, okay, everyone, raise your glass, raise your cup right now. We salute you, listeners, the flock of Amish, and we salute you, Uncle Dude. Thanks for stopping by virtually on this powerful episode. I am always willing to help the flockers out there. Now, Uncle Dude, um, you uh, have been on this powerful podcast way, way back. When was your first episode? Do you remember? I don't have uh, 60 Five is the one I remember most, but I think I was on like 32 was my first episode. Yeah, we had cool, powerful, uh, we had kind of like a little house in the prairie, the new beginning, where the, it whole, was, uh, the whole show kind of blew up and I had very powerful uh, website issues. And so <laughs> actually, if you it's, look on it, it says, I think this is going to be episode 85, but it's really... 200 and something, but who knows? Oh yeah. It's gotta, it's gotta be. Yeah. It, it, you stayed true to Amish in the first one I was on, but that, that's a, that's called a learning curve. We're all, we're all allowed that. No, it's, we had powerful explosions and it was kind of like when they blew up the town on uh, little house. What do you think on little house on the prairie? What would they be doing right now? Pa Ingalls and doc, if they had the powerful <laughs> COVID-19, the Chinese virus, what would they be doing right now? I don't think they'd be doing a damn thing different, <laughs> except they wouldn't go to church on Sunday. That that'd be it. Oh, powerful! They'd be they'd be in their fields and in their root cellars, hunkering down in their sad house bunkers. Now, who is your favorite character on Little House? Actually, Nellie Olson. Yes. Why Al- is that? Al- Allison Angram and I are uh, friends on the Facebook. Uh, I just. It reminds me, she reminds, that character reminded me of a lot of people I knew growing up. That's a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, Mixed blessings. Uh, A good thing in in that uh, I I recognize the archetype, 
uh, a bad thing and not a very decent human being. But she's actually quite she's quite funny. She does stand up. That's sweet. Who who do you think my favorite favorite character is on Little House? Merlin Olson. He is powerful. He's named after a wizard. Exactly. But I'll give you one more guess. Who is it? What? How can it not be Merlin Olson? He is powerful. Uh, I don't know the show that well. Mrs. Olson. Uh, Mrs. Olson. Oh my God, she's wonderful. She was the Gladys Crabtree of the Prairie. She was a very powerfully beautiful woman. Let's just put it that way. Fair enough. Fair enough. All my thoughts were pure. Let me just say that. Yeah. Powerful episode today. Gingham style. I don't know what that means. Powerful. Uh, Gingham style is a Korean pop song a while back, and I interposed that with gingham, which is a style of fabric that you would have found common in the prairie back in the day. I know. My joke is I don't know that, but I have powerful pop culture knowledge. Thank you, Uncle Duke, for being on this powerful episode. No, the the world needs uh, help in a direction, and I have I have one possible direction and solution to make sure you're all getting eat uh, fed well, and uh, it's not uh, uh, spam and lentils for four weeks. Powerful spiced ham spam. I don't know what a lentil oh, I, is. I'm I'm a huge fan of the spam. Now I've been enjoying a lot of fast food lately. I've been going to. Taco Bells and Wendy's. Well, on the one hand, it's good to support uh, the restaurants in this dire time, but you should really be buying local. Plus, yes. after the crushing disappointment of the Arby's brisket and bacon sandwich, you'd think you would have shied away from the fast food and maybe given a a local joint a shot. Well, maybe you should drop some stuff off. You know, use one of your powerful <laughs> Uncle Dude drones or something. So I'll get Jeep 3.0. I I am perfectly, it is a bug out ready Jeep. So I can make it over to the farm. Now I uh, tried Wendy's breakfast. They have breakfast now. I have been tempted every morning on my way to work, but uh, the commercials make it look like it's just a hamburger. You know, I had the biscuits and gravy. I love biscuits and gravy. As do I. And then I had a croissant, you know, their version of croissant, which whatever you want to call it, croissant, which whatever, the crescent roll with sausage and egg and cheese. And then I had uh, biscuits and gravy. Disappointed was not good. Oh, that is disappointing. I will, I will take your advice and avoid. Yes. The biscuits, I, were, I will... the biscuits were dried out. Not enough gravy. They need to be slathered, submerged. Give me another cool word, quickly. Uh, smothered? Yes, thank you. God bless you. Smothered, slathered, smeared, smeared. Not enough gravy, not enough sausage gravy. The biscuits were hard. The sausage was Uh-oh, dried no. out. It was not good. Hard biscuits, boo. Yes, exactly. It sh- they should be powerfully buttery and flaky and, and layers. Flaky and yes. layers, exactly. Yes, it should be like sedimentary rock or something. But I, I will tell you, though, I did enjoy Taco Bell's. They have a cheap, the loaded taco. It's like a dollar. It's awesome. It's a buck. Nacho, little taco. Highly recommended. Well, you quite correctly uh, uh, shouted down Johnny Rage 
uh, when he was offering anything other than Taco Bell as the budget option in the fast food world. I, I do enjoy Taco Bell. It's, it's, a, it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah, but I cannot recommend, and oh, I was that, looking no, forward to it because I enjoy sausage gravy biscuits. Right. Unfortunately, they opened a Baskin-Robbins uh, Dunkin' Donuts between my house and work that opens at like 5 in the morning. So that this is not a good thing. Now, do I mean, they still have good, 31 flavors? They do still have 31 flavors and then hand-scooped quarts of ice cream. Although uh, I did pick up two quarts for the long suffering and every patient and me the other day, and it was $14. So uh, I, I, I think I'll just load up on the uh, pink spoon samples, although they don't let you in the joint anymore. It's all drive through now. Whoa. What is, uh, how many flavors have you enjoyed uh, out of the 31? I'm super stuck on Jamocha almond fudge and chocolate fudge. I haven't changed that order in probably 35 years. I I am mad Whoa. for Jamocha almond fudge. Well, I I'm of the opinion that uh, you go to a spot and you have what their specialty is. There's a uh, phenomenal deli in town, and uh, my favorite sandwich is called Some Like It Hot. It's pepper jack cheese uh, pastrami on rye. I haven't changed my order in 35 years. I have a small bowl of matzo ball soup, this Some Like It Hot sandwich, and a uh, cream soda. Uh, literally every time I go in for 35 years. Did Dr. Brown make this soda? Correct. Powerful. Very good, Dax. Powerful. That is that is your authentic deli uh, cream soda. And tell the kids a flock of Amish. I'm guessing you were at Cecil's in St. Paul. You are absolutely correct. Yes. Why do you enjoy that joint? Uh, they do the best job of that type of food in town. Uh, plus, it's in my old neighborhood. So uh, it's it's got sort of an emotional uh, bond to me. Uh, plus one of the, uh, one of the ladies at the family at Onitz, I've been on her podcast as well. So, uh, a little, a little nod to, uh, the Leventhal's. Whoa. Powerful, powerful Twin Cities deli. Enjoying it's it's an icon. It is much like this I, powerful I believe, podcast. I believe it's 49 years this year. Whoa. Now I want to talk to you. We're talking about food today. It's going to be a powerfully food centric episode, but I want to just real quick segue. Sure. I, I haven't done it in a while. Song of the day. What are you listening to in the bunker, in the Jeep? I uh, actually, uh, after moving into the new uh, the new place, just started unpacking my CDs. So I'm sort of rediscovering a bunch of stuff I haven't listened to in a long time. So uh, a little Thomas Dolby I was playing, a uh, little Love Jones. Uh, plus, I'm a freak for ska, so I, I had a couple specials in English beat that were going on. So out of that powerful playlist, give us the song of the day. Uh, the song of the day. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, Ghost Town by the Specials. Whoa. Powerful. Powerful ska. Gotta love the drum beats on ska. For uh for about the last uh, 15 years, I've been writing a Broadway uh, musical uh, that is a uh, anthology of the history of ska music. Uh, it, it was very a uh, significant part of my college years, the second wave of ska. Plus, uh, you don't have to necessarily be rhythmic to get away with dancing to ska music. So it goes back to my uh, earlier axiom, where if you don't need to be drunk to dance, you'll always have a date on the weekend. 
powerful. The last episode I did, we did a powerful synth wave episode with the powerful Nitro TC, a group of uh, powerful musicians here in the Twin Cities and beyond, creating powerful beyond. synth wave. Yes, and beyond, all over the world. It was synth a wave fascinating. Is hot. That was a fascinating show for me. I was unfamiliar with the genre, and I did a deep Google dive afterwards. Most interesting, Dags. Oh, yeah. It's cool because it's kind of like hip-hop, where hip-hop is not just, just the music. It's it's everything. It's the DJing, the, the, you know, the street art, the graffiti, everything that has right. to do well, with it. The programming and the, sort of that 8-bit Lindrum whole vibe. Yeah, so like I was saying, comparing it to hip hop, where it's like a culture, the synth wave is cool too because you have the, the colors, you have the you know the magentas, the pinks, the purples, all whatever you want to call them, the cool colors of the clothes, the graphics, you know the the soundtrack, the and it it varies, it goes into soundtracks, it goes into in the, in the different waves, you know the chill wave and the dark wave, and it's really cool stuff. So talk a little bit about ska music and why you like it. Ah, you can't stay in a bad mood if you're listening to it. It's just something about the syncopated rhythms of ska music that just is mood-altering. Plus, it's catchy as hell. Uh, The lyrics usually are story-driven, which is what I like. It's just an infectious groove. Yes. Now, tell tell us, what are some bands, if someone doesn't know about ska and wants to get into ska, what are some go-to albums, some starter albums, powerful bands that they should check out? Uh, first and foremost, I would say Madness. They were sort of the uh, kings of the second wave. Uh, Save Ferris or Real Big Fish would be a good dive uh, for your third wave, Scott. That sort of was based out of Orange County, California, and uh, sort of the updated version. Uh, they keep threatening a fourth wave. Uh, your first wave, Scott, uh, where it started in the hotel bars in Jamaica was a fusion of American jazz music and indigenous Jamaican music. Uh, the Scatolites is something, uh, or Desmond Decker, I would suggest for uh, sort of an intro to uh, the first, second, and third waves of ska. Cool. Yeah, I do enjoy ska. I uh, Madness, that song, you know, Our House. That, that was the 120 minutes. That's the one that set the hook on me back in the day. And I, I love that album cover where they're all smushed together. Right. They're doing the, the goofy walk. Yeah, that's just powerful. That's iconic. Talk about iconic. That's iconic. It is iconic. What, what, what kind of threw me about that song is they say our house in the middle of the street. So I envisioned the house is in the middle of the street and like cars are crashing into it. Quite, quite literally not. So I, I, it's, English people are goofy. They are. They drive weird and they eat weird foods. I'm just kidding. I love the British. I love the UK. We have tons of fans over there. Well, you and you and I did the Anglophile quiz uh, one or two times ago, where you uh, tested me, tested my knowledge of uh, Anglo uh, Anglo slang. I fared fairly well. You did. Powerful. I love. I love the British, the UK, all the islands and. The sun never sets on the British Empire. Now we're talking back to food. Back now, to food. So we're trapped in the bunker. We're trapped. Martial law. Well, it's not martial law. We allow you to go places. So we're right. trapped here. Tell us 
what you have, what's your idea for food to eat so we don't get bored and we're uh, semi-healthy? Well, I actually have a primer, a list, which uh, I will put in the notes section of facebook.com slash uncle dude after this airs so that uh, don't worry about taking notes. You can always go back and reference it that way. But I sort of have a uh, an outline, a plan, a step-by-step what you need to know in these dire, dire times to make sure that your pantry is stocked and you're eating various and enjoyable foods. I'll get that on the uh, show notes too on our website, AmishBabyMachine.com. Oh, Check it out. First thing I would do is uh, in the aforementioned notes on the Facebook.com slash Uncle Dude page, there is a recipe that you can download uh, for what I call an East Coast Red Gravy. Uh, that is a marinara sauce. Uh, this is going to give you multiple options of what to eat. The recipe uh, fills a crock pot or a large Dutch oven, and it'll give you a couple quarts of uh, delicious red sauce that you can use for various different meals. So it's it's called the East Coast Red Gravy, and that's in the notes section of the uh, Facebook Uncle Dude page. So that's your first thing to do. The second thing you need to do is you need to go pick up some protein. Uh, what you need is, uh, my suggestions are any combination of the following, uh, two boneless turkey breasts, uh, approximately three to four pounds each, or you can get two pork roasts, uh, sort of a crown of pork without the bones, also about three to four pounds each, or you can get an eye of round sirloin steak, uh, coming in at about six pounds. So what we're doing is we got six pounds of protein. Uh, if you're of the means and you have the room in your fridge and freezer, uh, mix and match those so that you've got all kinds of alternatives. Uh, that's going to give you your, your base proteins for many, many, many meal options. Uh, the next thing you would need to do is you're going to need to fill your pantry. So uh, I would suggest getting some pasta. Uh, especially lasagna, because you can make a tray of that. Uh, it'll feed you for days. Uh, get some lentils. They're amazingly easy to cook. They're protein-packed. And if you're not a, uh, a meat eater, that's an excellent source of protein. Uh, as are canned beans, especially garbanzo beans, which uh, you can make all kinds of things with as well. Uh, get some rice. And if you don't have a, a pantry stocked with herbs and spices, uh, I would suggest getting a couple of hot peppers, uh, like a cayenne pepper or a red pepper flake. Uh, get some sugar and a lot of salt. Uh, get some canned tomatoes, uh, some flour and some yeast. You'd be amazed how easy it is to make your own bread. Although I've been trying to buy yeast for two weeks. I'm not the uh, first person that thought this up. I'm having a hell of a time finding yeast. Even the Amazon uh, just had uh, yeast for making beer or wine, but not for making bread. I'll make some calls. Uh, that'd be excellent because uh, I'm, I'm freaking out because I like making scratch-made pizzas. Uh, get some vegetable oil or some uh, Crisco and get some apple cider vinegar. Uh, apple cider vinegar, also a mild disinfectant. 
So it's got medicinal advantages as well. Uh, I take a shot of that every night at the uh, with my uh, vitamin supplement mix. I've taken 200 points off my triglycerides by doing nothing other than adding a shot of apple cider vinegar and some red krill uh, supplements. Uh, so that's a very healthy option. Powerful, uh, some- powerful fatty acids. It is. It's yes. fantastic. Uh, get some potatoes, some onions, some garlic, and some ginger root. Uh, the ginger root you can keep in your freezer, and some lemons. Uh, lemons also work for cleaning and uh, disinfecting. Yeah, so uh, they're also get, powerful, uh, powerful uh, antioxidants. Correct. Uh, eggs, load up on your eggs. You can actually freeze eggs in an ice cube tray and thaw them as you need them. So one of the things I said on the local news here today was one of the things still that there's a run on, uh, in addition to toilet paper, is eggs. How long do uh, eggs stay fresh in the fridge? Uh, they just said it. It's one of the better on the news today. Uh, three to five weeks is what they're saying is, is about the range that you can keep an egg in the fridge. So if you're starting to push that, uh, then by all means, crack them into a, an ice cube tray. Throw them in the freezer, cover it with some saran wrap, and you're good to go as you need them, uh, depending on how long this horrible quarantine lasts. Yes. Uh, last two last two things, uh, some milk and some cheese. I would suggest getting some ricotta and a brick mozzarella and some hard Parmesan cheese. The, those combinations will get you a, a bunch of different flavor profiles, depending on what you need to eat the rest of your quarantine. Thank you for uh, not overpronouncing it, those cheeses. <laughs> I can't That's, stand uh, that not, when people overpronounce Parmesan and various other Italian cotta. cheeses. Yes. Yeah, or, or, or call it formaggio. So finally, uh, get some white bread and some tortillas. Tortillas you keep in the fridge for a long time also gives you a lot of options. Uh, water, there should be no reason any of us uh, don't have water on demand throughout all of this. But if you're a, a hyper-nervous prepper, you may want to get a couple two-and-a-half-gallon jerry cans uh, to, to put water in and a tarp to catch rainwater and put them into your jerry can. Uh, keeping with that line of thought, if you're going to be doing some outdoor cooking, if you're cooking on propane, you may want to go get a backup tank. Uh, your hardware, your big box hardware stores all have them. Uh, they are deemed essential businesses, so you can go get those. Uh, or you got, uh, even your, uh, gas stations have got firewood if you're cooking over an open fire, or, uh, you can go to your, uh, big box stores and you can also get charcoal for your outdoors. Uh, as far as recipes, uh, I'm assuming everybody's going to have access to the internet. So, uh, barring that, uh, every single person in the country should have a hard copy edition of the joy of cooking. Uh, About 1,200 recipes covering everything from uh, squirrel to raccoon to duck l'orange, all in this essential recipe uh, guidebook. Uh, They just released their, uh, I believe, the 20th uh, revision. Uh, It's in your your stores. Uh, But you should be able to find recipes for whatever whatever you need online. Uh, Barring that, the uh, sweet little lady down the street, that's what your grandmother calls a recipe box that's full of three by five index cards 
with uh, with all sorts of recipes on them. Uh, you should be checking in on your older neighbors anyway to make sure they're fine. She would love to share her family recipes with you. Plus, I am guaranteeing she has a uh, a cupboard above her stove that's got every edition of her church cookbook since she's been going to her church. She'd gladly lend you that. Uh, my little old lady across the street, her name is Gladys. Shout out to you, Gladys. Gladys makes me pies, Dags. Yes, Gladys was the powerful neighbor on Bewitched also. Also, my powerful neighbor, who makes me pies. What's your favorite pie? What's your go-to pie? I am a pecan pie guy. I'm not really fond of the moussey, fluffy things, unless it's a banana cream pie, in which case I'm super, uh, super fond of that. So you're, how about the fruit pies? Uh, nah. I, oh. I'm not going to say no. I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm clearly not going to say no, but uh, I'm more a pecan guy. And, and don't put chocolate in the pecan pie. It's got no business being in there. Bourbon, sure. Chocolate, nah. Powerful. How about pumpkin pie? Oh, I'm a huge fan of pumpkin pie. So that uh, that is a staple uh, uh, every Thanksgiving uh, at my house. I uh, I took over the cooking of Thanksgiving a few years back. The only thing uh, my mom brings now are the pies and uh, and ham. Uh, we always have a, a French silk, a pecan, and a pumpkin pie in the mix. I need the chair. There's always one comfy chair, so I kind of I kind of camp out there on the chair. We literally just wayfared a new chair for my mom specifically for uh, for Thanksgiving. As the matriarch, the Mary Widow has now got a uh, essentially a throne uh, in my living room. We call it Eileen's chair. Uh, it is for her. That's what I need. I need it to float. You know, kind of like. Professor X or something, just kind of float around the room. That's what I think I need. That'd be a wicked cool chair. Do you I know, don't know that do you know I want a computer to give aided design or a CAD? AutoCAD? Yeah, sir. Yeah, I'm going to need someone, you or the Flock of Amish, to design me the ultimate chair. You'd be I able to sleep guy. in it. You'd be able to have, it would have various pockets and various hiding places for weapons and foods. And Can you imagine how powerful that chair would be? I, I shudder to think. I have a guy when you're ready. What, uh, I, what, I, what fabric do you think? And what pattern? Kevlar. Okay, it'd be Kevlar? Kevlar, Kevlar in a tartan, a family tartan. Oh, it would be a tartan pattern. Okay. Don't you Interesting. think? Interesting. I don't know. I have to, I'm thinking out loud right now. I'm up for anything. If anyone wants to do any powerful fan art, design my powerful throne chair. Your, your brave hearth chair. Yes, and I'm going to need you to do that on Twitter, at Amish B Machine. Make sure you follow us there. Also, subscribe on YouTube. Our powerful audio podcasts are uploaded there. Also, make sure you follow us on Instagram, like our Facebook page. And wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review. A five-star review five is the most star. powerful. Yes, five-star review is the best. It is. It's the most powerful. And what it will do is unlock secrets to the universe. Wherever you listen, we're on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora. It doesn't matter where. I guarantee you we're on that podcast platform. And if we're not, let us know. But the ultimate thing to do is follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine. Now, Uncle Dude, do you want to get any uh, plugs in? 
Well, as long as you're on the Twitter, I would say go to uh, twitter.com slash uncle dude food. Uh, you can see what I've been cooking. Uh, I, I was told I'm a better photographer than I am a chef, uh, but uh, I think that's debatable. Yeah, I remember when you recreated um, Taco Bell meal. Do you remember that? I do, because you guys were pining. I forget what it was. I, I think they I, were kind of like Enchiritos, I think is what you mean. Enchiritos, yep, that was it. There's the one guy that's got the, uh, the the copycat recipe website, and he had an Enchirito one, except I was so rushed, I didn't give it the full attention it deserved, and you guys were both kind of like, eh, that's close. No, no, I so, thought it was good. I think we both I, enjoyed it. I, oh, I, I think it was enjoyable. It just wasn't that uh, – food memories are really tricky because everybody has got a certain spot in their brain where they keep these things, these food memories. Uh, it's like uh, my grandma Leona has been gone for 45 years, but I would recognize her spice cookie in a heartbeat if it hit my lips. And nobody's been able to recreate it ever since. And speaking of recipe boxes and grandmas, they found my grandma Leona's recipe box at the old house. And there was a spice cookie recipe in there. Uh, half a dozen people tried to recreate it. Nobody even got close. Wow. What made it so special? I, I wish I knew. It's just that there's, there was a, a just an explosion of delicious spice when you bit into it. The texture was soft yet firm. Oh God, they were so good. So just the right around a uh, crisp around the edges, but soft in the middle. She just, she just knew how to portion them. Right. You know, I, it, it was her go-to and she'd been doing it for 30 years. So she could do it in her sleep. And it's just cooking is time, which, uh, which uh, it gets get back to my one point about uh, finding your recipes online. You don't have to follow the recipes. You can adapt, improvise, and overcome with what you have. That's how you learn and you build the skill set. Good God. Uh, early on, uh, I made a, a vegetable lasagna that my wife still talks about that was absolutely horrid. But uh, you know what? I tried and I learned, and it's gotten better since. Okay, let's pick one day. It's Monday. We're trapped in the bunker. I'm going to need you to give us a breakfast, lunch, and dinner right now. I don't know if I can do that off the top of my head. Basically, what I did is I outlined uh, uh, sort of a uh, a bench. Think of it as a bullpen. Uh, you got different pitchers you need for different things, and the way I set up the bench is is this. Uh, I, I've, I've got uh, what I call prep your proteins. Uh, this works for whichever protein you picked, whether it was the uh, sirloin, the turkey, or the pork. Uh, if you've got the eye around six-pound sirloin, you're going to cut that in half. So basically, uh, whether you pick the uh, turkey, the pork, or the sirloin, you now have two three-pound roasts. So what you're going to do then is you're going to take one of those two three-pound roasts, and you're going to slow cook that in the oven. Uh, that's going to be your traditional Christmas, Thanksgiving, slow-cooked roast. That's going to allow you to do a few things. First is you're going to have a nice sit-down meal uh, that uh, uh, is, is your sliced uh, your sliced roasted meat with a starch and a vegetable. Uh, the other protein that you're not going to do the slow cook and roast on, uh, you're going to cook low and slow in the oven when your roast is gone. Uh, that way you can shred it. 
for uh, cooking for things, you can shred it easily with a couple of forks, and it's a different set of recipes. So my suggestions for these sliced proteins, uh, the first night you're going to do a slice roasted meat with your starch and your vegetable, and if you're adventurous, you can attempt a pan gravy. Uh, the thin slice roast can then go into a lasagna. You can do that uh, either pan style or roll up style, or you can make like a uh, piccata or a parmesan. Uh, recipes for those are going to be on the interwebs. Uh, you, with the leftover leftovers, you can make sandwiches, or you can cut those thick slice proteins into small cubes, and you can make a chili. Or you can tenderize those thick cut proteins and chicken fry them. So that there's be your breakfast. I would do, uh, with my leftover thin sliced roast, I would do a chicken fried steak with some eggs, uh, possibly some leftover pan gravy, uh, and uh, some potatoes that you also have in your pantry. Uh, the larger cubes, you can, uh, if you cut them into larger cubes, you can make a stew. Smaller cubes, you can make a soup. Uh, smaller cubes, you can also put into a quiche. If your eggs are getting a little close to the end, uh, quiche is something you can eat for three days. That's a breakfast, lunch, or dinner meal. So uh, that would that would be my suggestion with your sliced proteins. Uh, your pulled or your uh, shredded proteins, uh, you can make barbecued sandwiches or make fried pocket sandwiches or uh, empanadas if you're from El Salvador, but uh, essentially a hot fried meat, uh, like a, a Jim Gaffigan hot pocket, but homemade and infinitely more delicious. Uh, you can take your red gravy and make a uh, ragu, which is a meat sauce, put that over pasta. Uh, you can make a pizza dough, take those sliced proteins and put them on a pizza with, uh, with your mozzarella and or ricotta. You can do tortilla wraps or omelets. You can actually put the shredded meat into a waffle batter and put that into the waffle iron, and you've got an all-contained handheld breakfast sandwich. Uh, finally, a little nod uh, to the military uh, military people out there, uh, what I affectionately refer to as shit on a shingle. Take that shredded meat, put it in a gravy, put it over white toast. Boom! You're eating all kinds of different meals off of uh, a basic protein source. By the way, thank you for your service, Semper Fi. Semper Fi, indeed, Dags. Powerful. Uh, my, ser my service was very minimal. Uh, almost doesn't count, but that's a, that was uh, 1982, uh, 81 through 83, so that was a long time ago. The 80s, when the world peaked. Oh, you and I are, are in solid, rock-solid agreement with that, my friend. Now, let me, uh, we'll do a little 80s right now. What's your uh, ultimate... Sure. What's your ultimate 80s movie? Any genre? Well, see, uh, it just happens my favorite movie ever came out in the 80s. Uh, unfortunately, Star Trek Three came out the same week as did Indiana Jones. Uh, Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, in my opinion, is the greatest movie ever made. It really is. Who's your favorite it's character? Fantastic. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. I do enjoy uh, Perfect Tommy. I, I, I was going to say Perfect Tommy is good. Uh, I also uh, uh, like Akita. Uh, Reno, uh, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum is so good as New Jersey. He really is. I, 
if you haven't seen this, folks, you got to check it out. Buckaroo Banzai, classic. It is a cult classic. But before I, before you would do that, Kevin Smith hosted a New York Film Festival Q and A about it. Watch that on the Google first. It's about forty-five minutes. Uh, plus, he brings Christopher Lloyd up and uh, Peter Weller up and has a roundtable Q and A with the audience. So watch the Kevin Smith Q&A at the New York Film Festival. It's on the YouTube. Uh, then go into your Buckaroo Banzai. I'm going to disagree. Watch it cold. I don't watch, right, watch I don't watch the fans of Flock of Amish if you haven't seen it. I don't want you biased by a Silent Bob. Just enjoy the movie. Then you can watch the stuff that goes around All with right. it. That's my powerful All opinion. Right. Nope. All right. I agree. Powerful movie. So that is your ultimate Dag, 80s movie. Dags has spoken. That is clearly my... Well, it's a cross-genre mix-up, and it assumes the person watching is smart enough to kind of fill in the, the blanks. So I just... I love that kind of a movie. I love the ending, the theme song. Isn't it great? That is my ringtone. Yeah, it's just powerful. I, I, I have had my phone go off in elevators twice, and people completely lost their shit wondering where I got the ringtone. Uh, so I, I got their uh, email address, and I, I sent them the ringtone. It's so weird that people don't have ringtones anymore. That used to be a big thing, and now everyone just mutes their phone, puts it on vibrate. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Uh, I, I get so few calls because I'm, uh, I'm a classic INTJ introvert. So, uh, A, I don't get my number out that often, so I don't get that many calls. You think you're Plus an I introvert? Oh, I'm a huge introvert. I call bullshit on everyone saying they're introverts, too. Everyone does that. Textbook INTJ introvert. I don't know what that means. You got lockjaw, or what does that mean? You're going to have to look it up. You got homework, Dags. Yeah. No, you are not an introvert. I am a powerful extrovert. introvert. Former guest Donovan and I went back and forth on this. Uh, He also uh, argues I am not. Because of uh, the fact that uh, I, I have some, enjoyed some success hosting the pub quizzes, but uh, I, I have the uh, powerful shield of a, a table and a microphone keeping me at distance, uh, social distancing from uh, the people playing the pub quiz. So, plus, I, I look at it as part of my job to uh, seem outgoing uh, and uh, engaging. So your powerful letters, your powerful labels, what would you label me? Uh, I, I don't think, whatever it is that sits back and observes everything. Powerful. You, you are, you are a very astute observer of things. I I don't think you engage unless you are, are forced to, but I don't think you miss much. And I think you take everything in. Thank you for that powerful analysis. And am I wrong? I don't know. Are you right? I think I'm pretty close on that one. You do. If you're right or wrong, it'll be all edited out. That's why I have the power. <laughs> I, I, I can just edit things. That's true. Powerful. That is true. Uncle Dude, did you have a good time tonight? I always have a good time on the barn, Dags. Yes, we had to get you in here because people are trapped up, cooped up in their uh, shipping containers. They need to eat. We get bored. We eat the same thing every day. Right. We have enough stress. Right. We don't need to be stressed out about our meals. Right. I'm not allowed to go anywhere or host anything. So if you all have questions 
uh, feel free to hit me up, facebook.com slash uncle dude or uh, twitter.com uncle dude food. Hit me up with your questions. I'm very, very good about getting back to people. And uh, I am a solutions oriented individual. Powerful solutions. We want to thank everyone that listened tonight on this powerful episode. We had a great time, Uncle Dude, all the way from his shipping container to ours. Correct. Yes, it was a powerful, powerful episode. Thank you for all the food knowledge. We, we just ask you guys one thing. Please tell a friend about our powerful podcast. Get the word out. And check out the merch, people. Thank you. God bless you for mer- mentioning the merch. We have powerful merch on AmishBabyMachine.com. Also, if you go to uh, Twitter at AmishBMachine, I have powerful links. Powerful links on Instagram, too. Powerful t-shirts. The last one I came up with was Failed Podcaster. You can wear that <laughs> literally or figuratively. It's powerful. I should That's make- better, than a, better than a flailed podcaster. Yes, I should make one for Would you. you- which is what I, which what I am uh, for not having been on, and it, it's been quite a uh, uh, hiatus since I last graced the uh, Amish baby machine airwaves. Yes, uh, my apologies. You've reached out. I just haven't been able to make it happen. Yes, I'm you so had, glad. Uh, yes. I'm so glad you were able to get me back. Yes, it's been a powerful episode. I, uh, I want to thank you for coming in. And until next time, my friends, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.